0: This is a podcast where we start with a random article, explore it, and then follow the links and see where it takes us. This is episode 86. And John, what is your article
1: today? My article is Montucket, or Montauk. Hmm. Uh, It says that they are currently a Native American tribe of Algonquian speaking people from the eastern end of long island new york they are related in language and ethnicity to the Pequot and narragansett peoples who lived across long island in long island sound in what is now connecticut and rhode island (laughs) native relics and ruins of early settlements are visible at theodore roosevelt county park just east of the village of montauk new york so it's uh, pretty close to New York City. There, still being situated relatively close to uh, Long Island. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. And there's even the, the thing that I think is really interesting about this article that, from just briefly uh, cruising the article, is that there are there's a current issues section. Really. Which means hmm. that this wasn't just Wikipedia messing up. It's tents so there, <laughs> there are still people there, and there are 600 members of the tribe, hmm. and there is still a government uh, of. The oh tribe. wow! Yeah, this is something that's happening, and it's right outside of New York City. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh. Bad. People, you remember the people that sold Manhattan? <laughs> yeah, they're still there. <laughs> they just moved they moved well, up the island. Some.
0: I'm glad they're still around, even if their numbers are little.
1: I'm surprised that their numbers are any anyway. yes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's
0: the main thing well um, my option here is Face Down and it is the 38th single by the Japanese boy band Arashi under the record label J-Storm huh. Face Down is the theme song of member Satoshi Ono's drama Kagi no Kakata Heya. The single was released in two versions. The regular version came with the song Meza Mashida, Mirai, as B-side, and the instrumental versions of both songs. The limited edition contained a DVD with a promotional video and the B-side Hitori Janeza. So, yeah. It was on the album Popcorn.
1: No. As much as I like Native American people, <laughs> and I do stand in solidarity with them. Yes. I think I'm actually a little more undecided than I thought I was going to be. <laughs> I was pretty fascinated by an active Indian Native American tribe mm-hmm. in Long Island, New York. That's like still there when it's you know a grand total of like what forty miles away from Manhattan at most. Yeah. And um, but now I'm just really amused by possibility of having to say a whole lot of japanese things <laughs> while also getting into japanese boy bands which i feel like could be a very weird venture i mean for that yeah. matter our own boy bands were pretty weird have you seen some of the backstreet boys <laughs> and Sing's music videos like they were a little they're a little hinky like yeah. they're a little strange lest we all forget the show making the band mm. that reality show yep. that really really scripted reality show Who's, about uh, the band of the guy?
0: The guy that was... Oh, that.
1: oh, what is his name? He got arrested or something, I think. Okay, now we gotta do this, because, like, we can eventually mm. bounce the boy bands.
0: That's true. All right, so
1: what's the, uh...
0: Face Down. Face Down. <laughs> in parentheses, a Rashi song.
1: Rashi. A Rashi song. <laughs> it will give you a rash. It's a Rashi now. Oh.
0: It was released in... Or recorded in, uh... Well, recorded and released in 2012. So, so it's relatively new. Yeah. So we have some options.
1: Um, in addition to uh, uh, what you've already said, but I think the best options are probably J Storm. Hmm. We can go to the band Rashi, of course. I think the band Rashi would probably be our fast track to getting two boy bands, wouldn't it?
0: Probably. Yeah. We might have their genre somewhere.
1: Yeah, that's probably what we're going to have to do. Unless we're going to go to uh, Satoshi Ono's (laughs) uh, drama. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go to Arashi.
0: Arashi. Literally means Storm. So J. Storm signed a band named Storm. And it is a Japanese idol group. Uh, there's our boy band link,
1: Aha, consisting yes. of
0: five members, formed under the Johnny's Entertainment Talent Agency.
1: Oh, <laughs> all right. Doesn't sound like a legitimate talent agency. Sounds like a sham. Yeah, sounds yeah like- <laughs> it sounds
0: like somebody <laughs> operating out of a New York City alley. Yeah. Like waiting for people passing by. Like, hey, you want to be a boy band?
1: Hey, kid. <laughs> wanna wanna be a superstar? <laughs> wanna be big in Japan? It's actually Tom Waits. It's actually Tom uh, Waits running this agency.
0: That wouldn't surprise me. Come on. Come on back. Let me uh, let me get you into a boy
1: band.
0: Ooh, interesting. This band was formed in 1999
1: in Honolulu. Oh, that's unexpected, considering it says that it was formed in Japan right yeah. over there. It says origin <laughs> Tokyo Japan right in the right column. Yep.
0: Anyway, <laughs> so uh, I don't know how they formed in Hawaii and then moved to Japan and became a Japanese band, but um, there you go.
1: All right, it's close enough to Japan, I guess. You know, yeah, it's as close as the United States gets to Japan, or is it? Yeah, it's like halfway in yeah. between. It's not too far. It's not so far south that it makes the distance that it gets close to it east-west wise negative. Right. Okay. All right. It, I mean,
0: it was close enough that Japanese people in the 1940s were like, well, this is close enough to <laughs> the mainland, there, well, so yeah. We'll bomb this place instead of mainland. But this first part is kind of interesting. Johnny and Associates announced the group's debut on September 15th, 1999 through a press conference aboard a cruise ship off of the coast of Honolulu. What? Then-President Johnny Kitagawa chose five trainees from the Johnny's Jr. Division of the agency to become the members of Arashi, the Japanese word for storm, and to represent the agency's thrust of creating a storm throughout the world. Oh, dear. On November 3rd, 1999, they made their CD debut by releasing the single Arashi, which became the theme song for the... FIVB Volleyball Men's World Cup, hosted by Japan in 1999.
1: They would hold a Men's World
0: Cup for volleyball. <laughs> it went on to become a major hit, selling 557,430 copies in its first week, and almost a million copies by the end of its chart run. Wow.
1: that's um...
0: So this is not a uh, small pickings here. This is, no. uh
1: This is a full platinum, platinum record we're talking about. Yep. That's the right standard? That's the right metric? I right? think so. Okay. I, was, I, just, I think that was it's it. has been a couple weeks since that yeah. one. So. Um, so on April 5th, 2000, Arashi released their second single. Signal? No. Single. There we are. Yeah. Sunrise Nippon slash Horizon, <laughs> which debuted at number one on the Oricon Weekly Singles chart, selling 304,340 copies. The next day, the group began their first concert at Osaka Hall. So this band just literally, one time in September, showed up on a cruise ship in Hawaii and was like, we're band now, and everybody's like, hooray, and then they bought one million of their records. Yep. That seems to be the story thus far. (laughs) That's unprecedented, but I guess it's, you know, uh, location, location, location. Mm -hmm. You have a a boy band that's brand new on the... uh, on a cruise ship, they have a captive audience. Everybody gets off the, ca- the cruise; they go back to the war- their various places in the world from the cruise, and then suddenly you have a vi- very broad <laughs> fan base everywhere. I-, I guess I don't actually <laughs> understand how this happened. Uh, in July, the group—I mean, seriously—there's not one million people on a cruise ship. Yeah, you can't put. There's only like four thousand people on a cruise ship, maybe.
0: So, well, case- it did it did uh, go on to be the men's volleyball right. theme song and the, so and the some, yeah, but how maybe many people there was were volleyball on the ship <laughs> Okay, and then they were like hey this is a great song we should use it for the theme song for when we do the world cup and then they were like okay and then it ran on TV and then everybody was like happen. hey that's a great song we should buy it
1: yeah people who were into organizing the men's world cup of volleyball would, would probably be on a cruise they yeah. would be on a cruise where a boy band <laughs> would make their debut in Hawaii. Yep, that actually does add up. <laughs> a Japanese like some... boy
0: band in Hawaii mm-hmm. makes their debut on a cruise ship,
1: influencing a Japanese businessman in charge of the Men's World Cup of <laughs> Volleyball to use their music. Yep, that yeah. actually sounds very plausible. The more I like flush out the situation. Yeah. Okay. So in July, the group released their next single. Oh, I keep doing this. Sit. I have. I have bad signal in here. Um. They released their next single. I'll do it so I can <laughs> Typhoon Generation, which debuted at number three on the weekly sales chart with 256,510 mm. copies. So they're sales are
0: dropping a little bit.
1: Spiral. Uh, they continued uh, to chart for nine weeks before leaving the charts. After holding more concerts in August of 2000, the group released the last single of 2000, Kansha Kangeki Ami Arashi. The single debuted at number two on the Oricon Weekly Singles chart and had first-week sales of 258720
0: And finally, in January 2001, they released their first studio album, Arashi Number no. 1, Ikigu Arashi wa Arashi o Yobu.
1: <laughs> Arashi, Arashi, Arashi.
0: Yep, Got I it. have no
1: idea... <laughs> What that means? Storm, storm, storm. I know, th- I know that Lots one word. Lots of storms. Lots of storms.
0: Okay, I just bounced over to check out the album art, and it's pretty amazing. So, just uh, yeah, give that, a, give that a look. See the album art on that one. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Whole band holding Nerf guns in yep. strange positions. Okay. That's uh,
1: <laughs> that's a real winner. That one is. What? They're not even... Are they Nerf... Are they water guns?
0: Uh, maybe they are water guns. I don't
1: know. I think, I think there's a combination, uh, though. I think you're right. Yeah. I think there's, like, one... There's, like, a super soaker. There's a Nerf gun. They just want to, they just want to show up and have fun, I, I guess. One
0: guy has a defibrillator.
1: Yeah, what? <laughs> Why?
0: <laughs>
1: so... Why does that one guy have, like, a satchel? <laughs> he does know that you can't just, like, put put a bazooka like he has in his hand in a tote bag right like that's not like oh here let me just, let me just get my uh let me just get my panzer uh out of my uh out of my purse go fast. <laughs> like no stop that that's not how you That's not how you military
0: <laughs> anyway. oh, okay uh what i was mainly looking for the translation of the album title arashi number one the storm calls the storm
1: the storm calls
0: the storm so storm number one the storm calls the storm yep <laughs>
1: the direct translation
0: it would be a storm number one the storm calls the storm with the hit single storm <laughs> <laughs> yep
1: that's uh that's it
0: <laughs> and their third single something something storm
1: they, they really like their storms they're all in it for, for stormy weather over there. yeah
0: they did not hold back on the storm yeah. motif
1: No, they did not.
0: And the album debuted at number one on the Oricon weekly chart with initial sales of 267,000 copies. So, Storm number one, the Storm, the Storm, was Storm number one. Yes, it was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And until the release of their 10th anniversary compilation album, All the Best, 1999 through 2009... The album remained the group's best-selling album, with overall sales of about 323,000 copies for nearly 10 years. Uh, doesn't seem so great, considering no. the first <laughs> single sold a million copies.
1: And then it kind of went downhill from there. But I mean, where else, where else were they going to get notoriety from? <laughs> Is there anything anywhere as popular as the Men's World Cup of Volleyball? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I feel like that definitely helped boost their sales. A it bit.
1: must have. I'm just still bewildered at the fact that people care. Yeah.
0: But from March 25th to April 30th, 2001, the group embarked on their first nationwide concert tour, Arashi Spring Concert 2001. The tour took place in Sendai, Osaka, Nagoya, Hokkaido, Fukuoka, Hiroshima, and uh, Kanazawa, Toyama, and Tokyo, with an unprecedented 26 performances. That doesn't seem, seem like un- a lot,
1: but Precedent. It seems like a it seems very unprecedented. Yeah, on a whole tour. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe for Japan, it's different. But before moving to a private record label by the end of 2001, Arashi released. Jedi as their final single under Pony Canyon used as the theme song for Matsumoto's drama Gindaichi Shonen no Jikenbo (laughs) 3 it was named best theme song in the 30th Television Drama Academy Awards is this like a trilogy TV show uh it's anime okay Okay. alright wait live action wait what Hold on. (sighs) Uh, Okay, let's see. Oh, no, there was a live-action series.
1: There is a live-action series. Is that the one that we're talking about? Uh, Oh, it's Case Closed. I've heard of Case Closed. hmm. Wait, is it Case Closed? No. It has crossed over with Case Closed. There we go. That makes more sense.
0: Four live action series. So, okay, so there was an anime, then a manga, there's a whole bunch of different versions, and then there's also a live action series of it.
1: And a crossover with Detective Conan. Don't forget Detective <laughs> Conan.
0: Okay, so then, so that's what that is. Okay. Gotcha. Best theme song in the 30th Television Drama Academy Awards. Okay, I'm assuming that's a Japanese awards thing and not the American, not the American Academy Award. Awards.
1: That somehow the song was so good, <laughs> it won an actual um, what's the TV one Emmy? Yeah,
0: Emmy. Emmy. Yeah, the Emmy.
1: So here, the storm storm's coming for Storm. <laughs> um, 2002, 2005. Uh, J-Storm and decline ha- client sales. Arashi mm. began 2002 by releasing their first single under J-Storm uh, called A Day in Our Life. And that was used as the new <laughs> song for Sakurai's comedy drama Kisarazu Cat's Eye and debuted atop of the Oricon Weekly Singles Chart, selling 226,480 copies. Their subsequent releases of the year, Nice Nakakorowiki and Pikachi were used as the theme songs for the anime Kachira Katsushikaku Kamerai Koenmei Hashatosuju Sujo. Hasht- 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 Sujo Hashtag
0: Hashtag Sujo Hashtag Kujo Hashtag Kujo Got it
1: And Arashi's Movie kanchi Life is Hard Take Happy <laughs> Which translates As Japanese Character Japanese Character Actual Star Japanese Character Japanese Character Life is Hard Japanese character, Japanese character, Japanese character Happy, the kanji, Life is hard, but happy Question mark, <laughs> respectively
0: Oh, you gotta love uh, Wikipedia translation here
1: There's a star <laughs> <laughs> Something translates To a bunch of kanji with a star In it <laughs> That's just too good
0: I, I feel like I Am getting a sense of their Strategy here make singles the most popular single was a theme song therefore let's keep pushing things as theme songs forever until the end of time
1: but I think that's probably what they did until they stopped being culturally relevant yeah
0: (laughs) it doesn't seem to keep going well for them
1: I mean, Japan's weird with theme songs, though. You have something that lasts more than a season, they will slap a new... Like, they're not like us. Breaking Bad had the same, like, twangy guitar intro the entire time it was a series. Same with pretty much every other show you can think of, but yeah. anim- animes, Japanese dramas, like, if their show is more than 12 episodes long, they will have at least two theme songs <laughs> for the introduction to the show. Guaranteed.
0: Yeah. But starting in 2003... The group would only release 2 singles every year until 2007. Both singles released in 2003, Tomodoi Nagara and Hadashi no Mirai Kotoba Yori Taisetsu Namono, <laughs> debuted at number 2 on the charts. The song Kota- Kotoba Yori Taisetsu Namono marked the first time that a member contributed to the penning of a single as many of the group's songs are produced by other lyricists, composers, or musicians. Sakurai, who is the designated rapper of Arashi, has since written all the incorporated rap lyrics of the group's releases, and so begins their downward spiral when they start writing their own stuff. Although it seems like they were slowly getting worse as even before that, so... Their first song was great, and, and then, everything after that, so... Well, this isn't great. 2004
1: was Arashi's fifth anniversary since debut, which, you know, makes sense. <laughs> um, they began the year by releasing their 12th single, Pekanchi Double, in February, <laughs> as the theme song for their second movie, of course, Pekanchi Life is Hard, Da Kara Happy... Uh, Which translates to Japanese character, Japanese character, the stars back uh, Japanese character, Japanese character Life is hard, Japanese character, Japanese character Happy Pekanchi, life is hard Thus, happy (laughs) Which seems oddly familiar Seems like deja vu Don't know where I've heard that one before But really, really familiar (laughs) Uh, Selling 89,106 copies In the first week It is Arashi's lowest selling single Mm. To date in celebration of their anniversary the group released a greatest hits album five times five the best selection of 2002 (laughs) to 2004
0: a little early for a best of
1: forget that 2002 to 2004 that's enough time for most (laughs) bands to release one total album like that's the best selection of here was here's the last album we put out did you forget it because here it is
0: here's all the songs we wrote over two years thank you
1: that's 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 the regular album it's the same album
0: (laughs) There's just a new album. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a new album now. Don't worry about it. Uh, but in any case, that uh, that compilation, I guess, it would be included their two thousand their second two thousand four single, Hitomi no Naka No Galaxy Slash Hero. <laughs> <laughs> they
0: they like to use their uh, um, slashes. Yeah, very
1: liberal with the slashes. No, not not a fan. Not a big fan of the. Or, or uh, any of the other operatives that yeah. usually uh, haunt those kinds of dual-edged
0: titles. <laughs> and in 2005, on New Year's Day, Arashi released their first concert DVD since How's It Going? In 2003, titled 2004 Arashi Is A Now Tour." From July 26th to August 24th, they embarked on a summer tour titled One to support their album of the same name. One of the highlights of the tour included the live performance of their first single of the year, Sakura Saki, on top of Johnny's Moving Stage. Translated as a lot of Japanese characters, Janizu Mubingu Seteji. So I guess they're reverse translating now. And a transparent stage that travels over the top of the audience. So that's interesting.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's actually pretty high-tech for... It's like a Kanye West move. Yeah.
0: Huh. So, this was invented by Matsumoto. Um, Johnny's moving stage has since been used in a majority of Arashi's concerts to allow them to move closer to the audience seated at a distance from the main stage. In November, Arashi released a theme song for the manga-based drama Hana Yori Dango, <laughs> which starred Matsumoto as one of the lead actors. Wish went on to sell an estimated 178,000 copies in its first week and over 300,000 by the end of its run.
1: Ah, so they weren't done. They got another good one there.
0: Yeah, it's decent. And... So that was their first single to sell over 300 copies in total in nearly three years since A Day in Our Life in 2002. It seemed to have moved away from the storm.
1: Yeah, routine. storm, 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 storm. And to their detriment. Yeah. People liked them when they were people storm, storm, People liked storm, storm, when storm.
0: every single word was storm.
1: Yeah. that's uh, That was a better opportunity for them. Um, in any case... They did do several other uh, things. There's a section down here called Continue Success, which took them until 2010 to achieve. (laughs) Uh, On January 5th, it was announced that Rashi would provide the song Yurase Aima-O as the theme song for the 2010 Winter Olympics.
0: Oh, wow. Good for them.
1: News coverage on NTV. On January 6th, Sakurai announced that Arashi would provide the theme song Troublemaker for his then-upcoming comedy drama. The next day, Mesamashi TV aired the first preview of the theme song for the drama special Saigo no Yakusoku, the group's first drama together in nearly 10 years. The theme song Sora Takaku was announced during the press conference uh, for the drama special on December 15th, 2009, of the three newly recorded songs, only Troublemaker and "Urase Aima-O were included in the group's first single of the year, released on March 3rd, with Troublemaker being the A-side song. Hmm. So they they, they continued to do some pretty good things, I guess. Yeah. Get, stayed, stayed in public eye, at least.
0: They kept providing theme songs well into the 2010s. They really didn't stop with the theme songs.
1: That was seemed to actually be their, their, their mainstay, really.
0: Well, I guess it also helped that one of the band members kept appearing in TV shows.
1: Yeah. If you have one, it's kind of, <laughs> it's like a, I don't I deign to say monkey sort of thing. But say NSYNC was still together. Yeah. And, Jay, and Justin Timberlake was just like, yo, what up? And I'm going to be an actor now, too. Yeah. <laughs> and like did what he basically ended up doing just while still in sync. You would yeah. you would probably get more in sync cover songs out of
0: that. Okay, so that album that the original song that we came from was from called Popcorn has quite an interesting cover.
1: Yeah, it does. That's actually
0: uh that's pretty really good. <laughs> I like that. Uh yeah. They are dressed. Um, in like a popcorn bag style vest and pants and their heads have a popcorn shaped helmet
1: and they couldn't be any more determined
0: <laughs> yes all of them are as serious as a person can be are they still doing things looks like it
1: man for having a real dip in like Sales and success They kept right on plugging away
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah and for Like a majority of the years Of That they've been around They have been At least nominated For every year for um, Their theme songs For TV shows Beyond
1: that they have been incredibly Productive when compared to their Western counterparts putting out one studio album per year for every year from 2001 (laughs) forward with the exception of 2009 Hmm. Uh, and also I suppose with the exception of 2008 because that was a live album that's cheating (laughs) that doesn't matter unless Dream A Live is just part of the title and there actually is a studio album and Mm -hmm. it is in fact an actual studio album Yeah. Huh. It's a double album, no (laughs) less. So that kind of justifies why they took a year off in 2009. (laughs) All right.
0: (sighs) I like how they completely abandoned the Arashi number blank. Yeah. (laughs) They started with the first one. They did not go Arashi number two, Arashi number three. They were like, no, we'll just not do that.
1: They seem to have kind of gone through various phases in their, like, appearance. Like, at first yeah. it seemed that they were almost trying to be, like, gorillas-esque or maybe new metal mm. And now, then they were trying to be, like, indie pop, like, chamber pop-looking <laughs> for popcorn. And then they have, like, a weird Twilight thing going on mm-hmm. for that Calling Breathless single. Could also just easily be a cologne ad, really. <laughs>
0: Well, shall we see what other boy bands, or yeah, what boy yeah. bands in general, We've are up of, to?
1: Kind of dwelt upon the the uh, the storm here. We gotta yep. we gotta leave the storm behind. This is
0: the storm before the storm.
1: The storm that is the boy
0: bands. Boy band.
1: Yeah, we're just gonna get a boy band sound.
0: Loosely defined as a vocal group consisting of young male singers, usually in their teenage years or in their 20s at the time of formation, singing love songs marketed towards young females. <laughs> From <Yeah. laughs> From being, being vocal groups, most boy band members do not play musical instruments, either in recording sessions or on stage, making the term something of a misnomer. However, exceptions do exist many boy bands dance as well as sing, usually giving highly choreographed performances. Some of them form on their own and they can evolve out of uh, church choirs or gospel music groups, or they are often, more often, created by talent managers Hmm. or record producers who hold auditions and then form a band. Um... Yeah, they form band, market it towards little teenage girls, and they make all the money.
1: So, the interesting thing here is kind of seeing, what, who, who came up with this idea, exactly? <laughs> who, who decided that, I'm one dude, and I can't sing, <laughs> but I am going to put together four dudes who can, and I'm going to make them make me a bunch of money, <laughs> and then leave? <laughs> Like, yeah. who, who who had that idea and how did they get people to do it? So, um, the earliest forerunner of boy band music actually began in the late 19th century. We're talking 1800s now. Uh, as a a cappella barbershop quartets. Mm. They were usually a group of males and sang in four-part harmonies. Uh, you know what a barbershop quartet looks like. The popularity of barbershop quartets had been prominent into the earlier part of the 1900s. Uh, A revival of the male vocal group took place in the late 1940s and 50s with the use of doo-wop music. Mm,
0: Yep, like your temptations and such.
1: Exactly. Uh, doo-wop bands sang about topics such as love and other themes used in pop music. The earliest traces of boy bands were in the mid-1950s, although the term boy band wasn't used at the time. Uh, African-American vocal group the Ink Spots was one of the first of what would now be called boy bands. The term boy band was not established until the late 1980s, as before that they were called male vocal groups or HEP harmony singing groups. <laughs> HEP spelled H-E-P. That's a word I've never seen before in my life.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's a strange one there.
1: Yep. Also, the rest of this article is in quotations now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Um, okay, so although the term is mostly used from for groups from the 1990s onward, There were some bands earlier that also used this format. Uh, We're talking the Jackson 5, the Osmonds, and the Monkees. And they kind of helped form the template for boy bands. And while the Monkees were originally manufactured, act-turned-real band that featured members with distinct personality types The Jackson Five were a family group that established many musical conventions that boy bands follow. For instance, their music featured close harmonies from soul music and catchy pop hooks influenced as much as they were by Motown and acts like the Supremes. And all members of the band sang, which is a common convention of a boy band, as opposed to having a front man and the rest on instruments thus no one person dominated the stage mm. even so the members conveniently fitted it fitted into the convention how much is fit <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, fit. yeah. Uh, of having stereotypical personality types such as michael jackson being the cute one and yeah so monkeys originally they're, they're considered the original pioneers of boy bands as they were the first example of a manufactured boy band put together by producers rather than already performing together and then being discovered by record labels. So, yeah. They... Yeah.
1: Yeah, they are.
0: They got got put together. That's pretty much the main thing of boy bands, is they are a group of people put together for a specific purpose. However, yeah.
1: you do see other things, even with the monkeys early on. Eventually, they rebelled. They got out from underneath the, the mm-hmm. talent manager that put them together and went out on their own as, like, they became their own band. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's also a possibility, apparently. Um... So other antecedents, apart from those already mentioned, exist throughout the history of pop music. The genre has been copied into languages and cultures other than the Anglo-American. The Puerto Rican boy band Menudo, appealing to young Latina audiences, was founded in 1977. Menudo Mm. had a convention unique among boy bands. When a member turned 16, became too tall, or their voice changed, see, dropped, they were replaced. Mm. The members of Menudo were generally aged 12 to 17. The Bay City Rollers were a a Scottish pop band who were most popular in the mid-1970s. The British hit singles and albums noted that they were tartantine sensations from Edinburgh Edinburgh, and were the first of many acts heralded as the biggest group since the Beatles and one of the most screamed-at teeny-bopper acts of the 1970s. -hmm. For a relatively short, brief but fervent period, nicknamed "Rollermania," <laughs> they were worldwide teen idols. The group were one of the first bands, like the Monkees before them, to take the formula shown by the Beatles and apply it to a teen market. The group achieved the same amount of success, but for a very limited period of time, at the peak of their popularity in the United Kingdom, comparisons were being made to the Beatles. Also, by this time, Bay City Roller fans had a completely distinctive style of dress, the main elements of which were ankle-length tartan trousers and tartan scarves, the group using the benefit of merchandise and promotion.
0: So then you've also got the Cleveland-based Power Pop group Raspberries, Hmm. which was generally interpreted as a teen act. I feel like I've heard of Raspberries But maybe I haven't. Mm. Maybe it just sounds familiar
1: because I've eaten the fruit.
0: Maybe I'm thinking of cranberries. That (laughs) actually,
1: yeah, that seems more likely. I don't know.
0: But power pop sounds uh, interesting and fun. Yeah, but um, the band members actually played their own music in that band, and vocalist Eric Carmen later commented it was not hip for people to like us because their little sister liked us and then we've also got bros abbreviation of the word brothers if you aren't aware which was a British boy band active in the late 1980s and early 90s consisting of twin brothers Matt and Luke Goss along with Craig Logan and they were formed in 1986 Scored multiple top 10 hits between 1987 and 1989. And in Britain, Bros also became the first modern era style boy band to have a multi-platinum selling album with Push in 1988. Which is still one of the most successful boy band albums in the UK. Other boy, other big boy bands in Britain during the late 80s were Big Fun and Brother Beyond. And we got also Boston Group New Edition in 1978. And then you got New Kids on the Block after that.
1: And then you jump into your modern day uh, boy bands, the 90s boy bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have things like Boys Two Men. And. There's also, uh... Yeah. But no, uh, for real. The, the, there was managers... also that,
0: that group All for One, which is like a boys to men knockoff.
1: Oh yeah, they have a bunch of knockoffs, really. I mean, ultimately, a lot of people kind of followed suit from uh, New Kids on the Block's example. First beginning with uh, Nigel Martin-Smith's Take That in the UK, formed in 1990. Um... A lot of these artists that uh, followed in the uh, wake of New Kids on the Block and just kind of emulated them were very successful on both the singles and albums charts domestically and internationally. However, the emergence of Britpop and the commercial co-option of indie rock, many boy bands were ridiculed by the British music press as having no artistic credibility <laughs> which was true although some bands such as oasis and take that did in fact write most of their own material the media attention was then placed on the battle of Britpop, and the bands <laughs> oasis and blur replaced the importance and rivalry of take that and east 17 as the two new biggest bands in britain However, other boy bands found success in the late 90s, like Five, Another Level, Point Break, and The Westlife. In 1995, successful German music manager Frank Ferrien, who had been manager of Boney M and Millie Vanilli, <laughs> uh, put together Latin American band No Mercy, who scored a few worldwide hits during the mid 90s. Although being an American uh, and the sons of Tito Jackson, a member of the Jackson Five, Three T had several hits uh, singles across Europe in the mid 1990s, despite limited success in the United States, and finished the second biggest selling act of 1996 in Europe, behind Spice Girls. Uh, with the success, exce- with the success rather of new kid of uh, North American boy bands like New Kids on the Block. In East Asia, Japanese entertainment company, hey, Johnny & Associates <laughs> formed SMAP in 1992. <laughs> the uh, group enjoyed tremendous success and paved the way for more Asian boy bands such as Arashi. So Johnny, Johnny & Associates have been uh, cranking these things out since since a while now.
0: Yeah. And... So after New Kids on the Block, you also got Color Me Bad, which found mild success, and then you got a couple African American and R and B gospel groups. Um, you got your you know mentioned before All for One and Boys to Men, and then towards the later 90s we start to get the more poppy groups. Like Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees, NSYNC, The MoFats, and Hanson. Not familiar with The MoFats. That's one that I don't remember hearing uh, yeah, about. Yeah,
1: that, that doesn't... The Moffats, maybe?
0: The Moffats, but... I don't really think
1: that changes whether I, or not I know them. It's just playing around with the pronunciation. I don't know how
0: <laughs> successful these guys were because I don't recognize anything. Yeah,
1: the other, the other ones definitely strike a yeah I don't know who those yeah. are <laughs> some weird band from the parallel timeline <laughs> where uh the Baron Stain Bears came from
0: oh <laughs> uh, yeah um but yeah so with these you know boy bands they pretty much exploded and completely dominated the market in the United States and the late 90s era marked the height of boy band popularity in North America, which hasn't been seen since. Thank goodness. <laughs> I mean, you have your, uh. What is it? One Direction? Yeah. Thing, but it's not nearly you to the have level. You don't
1: have five different bands doing that exact same thing at yeah. the same time, trying to outperform one another.
0: Yeah. Then And they're all, like, indistinguishable from one another, pretty much. But, um, arguably, the most successful boy band manager from the U.S. was Lou Pearlman, who founded commercially successful acts like the Backstreet Boys in 1993, NSYNC and LFO in 1995, O-Town in 2000, and US5 in 2005. And, yeah. Uh, LFO, is that the Summer Girls band? I think so. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And uh, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC became the two biggest boy bands in the late 90s and early 2000s. And Backstreet Boys went on to become the best-selling boy band in history with over 130 million records sold. And in the late 90s in the UK, producer Simon Cowell is also known for having managed British boy band Five, who were formed in 1997, and Irish boy band Westlife, formed in 1998. Westlife was created by Irishman Louis Walsh, who, as a replacement for Boyzone, and was initially managed by a former member of the band, Ronan Keating. And, yeah, seems like they saw decent success with Westlife.
1: Well, I think I've gotten what I wanted to out of this article. I, I really don't care about anything <laughs> that comes at, around the era of One Direction. One Direction clearly <laughs> won that entire era. Yeah, like None of these other things even look familiar.
0: Well, in uh, the 2000s, you got the rise of like um, more alternative boy bands, like My Chemical Romance, Sum 41, Simple Plan. If you can consider them boy bands. I don't. <laughs> well, this article considers. Them, like, I guess they do, but a like a form of new boy bands.
1: Conceptually, were they? Because they seem just kind of like I mean, when you get into bands.
0: semantics, like. If it's all boys and it's a boy band, you're true. You know? uh, yeah, like that's right. that's at, right. at some point it becomes that. But yeah, so you have to draw the line somewhere. I guess. But the Jonas Brothers, example of definite boy band. There.
1: Yeah, that one. That one was re- relatively successful. Um, don't know what they're doing now, but
0: yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that. Yeah, definitely haven't seen many boy bands pop up since the early 2000s. So we could also go to Girl Group. Check out the other side of the equation. Or we could also go to SMAP.
1: Let's go to SMAP.
0: (laughs) So it's another Japanese boy band. Created in 1988 by that Johnny and Associates. Originally a six piece until Katsuyuku Mori's departure from the band in 1996. So they made their debut in 1991 and the group took the Japanese entertainment industry by storm. Nah. Becoming the most successful boy band in Japanese history and best selling band in Asia, often referred to as a national treasure. And a fortune and property of the country in Japan. I don't know if I would like being called property of the country, but um, good for them. So they're actually regarded as an iconic figure in Japan. So this is like like the Beatles of Japan, not just like a, an end sync of Japan.
1: Like literally just as big as the Beatles. Yeah. Just in Japan, though. Yeah. Big in Japan.
0: Yeah. They had a variety show called Smap X Smap, which is a very, you know, catchy and zippy title.
1: Smap X Smap. Smap X Smap. X Smap. Smap times map.
0: (laughs) And uh, their most successful uh, album is Smap Vest. Oh, wow. Okay, so I um, bounced over to their discography. And I'll just go through the album titles here. Actually, I don't need to even go over to the discography. I can just go down for the miracle. So we got first album, SMAP 001. SMAP 002. So this is where Arashi got SMAP it from. SMAP 003. Here we are. SMAP 004. What's next? SMAP 005. Oh, no. SMAP 006. Sexy 6. Hold on. Whoa. <laughs> now they were like, hey, wait, we should actually put titles on these things. All right. Cool. Good. SMAP 007. Gold singer. Um, I like that so one. That's actually I think, good. I feel like every album this album numbering system was a build-up to that one album. Yeah.
1: like that. They were just keeping it <laughs> quiet, hoping nobody would call them out on it. And there it was.
0: Yep. And then... SMAP 007. SMAP 008, Taco Max. I gotta see an <laughs> album art for that one if they had it. What? Please. Oh, uh, they don't have... Uh, okay. They just have a Actually, big, unless boring ta- spreadsheet. Taco Max... Is it Taco Max? It's Taco Max. It is Taco Max. Uh, Please tell me it exists somewhere. Taco Max. Come on, this
1: is Japan's national treasure. It's just people on a cover.
0: Oh, that is very uninteresting. I am
1: so sad. Taco Max.
0: (laughs) That deserves a much better album cover.
1: What's going on around that guy's leg
0: He's getting pulled by like a candy cane? or a...
1: it's, it's Japan. It's, he's getting pulled by a tentacle. Let's go. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they are surrounded by water. Everything is tentacles.
1: Yep. It's a very important part of their culture. <laughs> okay. So you can safely assume it's just tentacles.
0: <laughs> we should also note that um, they released two albums every year. Um, that's their rate of release. Um, including compilation albums in between some of the other ones. Um, So we got the 009, no title. Um, Didn't have a 010 at all. They just skipped uh, right to 11 with Sue. And then they had 12 Viva Amigos. And then in 1999 they came out with Birdman, SMAP 013 and then 2000 S smap wait S map smap 014 and 2002 smap 015 drink smap and then smap 016 MIJ and then after that they abandoned the numbering system and they released sample bang Pop-up SMAP. Super modern artistic performance. Oh, that was what SMAP stands for. Very clever. There we
1: are. There we are. That makes more it sense. It took to
0: them, me. what, 20 albums to get, <laughs> to get to the... They didn't actually know what it stood for. <laughs> oh, okay. They were figuring out...
1: <laughs> it, took them, <laughs> it took them a while, but they got there.
0: And then uh, they came out with We Are SMAP then Gift of Smap, and then Mr. S. Mr. S. (laughs) Um, And their compilation albums were Cool, Wool, Smap Vest, Pam S, which is Smap backwards. Yes, it is. Then Smap Aid, and then Smap 25 Years. So, yep, this is one of the most iconic bands in Japan. Not surprising. And it sounds like they uh, got on to that Birdman train before. Was it? Let's see, at least ten years before Birdman came out, like fifteen. Yeah, something like that.
1: I mean, they must have years. been fans of the old uh, '70s cartoon. Mm. Maybe Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. <laughs>
0: And yeah, most of their albums went platinum. A great many of them went platinum. Some four times platinum. But
1: four times Japanese platinum. Is that the same kind of platinum?
0: Uh, let's see. Platinum. Okay, two times platinum is 400,000 copies. Uh... Mm-hmm. Okay. Now wait a minute. This don't make no sense. Um, okay, so one of their gold albums sold two hundred fifty-four thousand copies. A platinum album sold five hundred. Or the lowest platinum album I see on here is three hundred seventy-two thousand copies. So it looks like maybe three hundred thousand is the threshold for platinum here, and then got a two times platinum at four hundred thousand. But then you also have normal platinum at six hundred thousand. Um, and (laughs) also other ones at four hundred thousand, and also at five hundred thousand. And then is everything platinum?
1: What kind of metric is this?
0: <laughs> this is and madness. Yeah, like... And how is it two times platinum if it's only at 400,000 when a gold... or when the platinum threshold is 300,000? But you also got... Four times platinum is 1,800,000 copies. Apparently, SMAP Vest is a really good album because... <laughs> Yeah that sold like Three times as many copies As their other high- Their next highest selling album So There's something special About SMAP Vest. Good
1: old SMAP Vest.
0: <laughs> and there's not a link To any of these albums
1: Which is weird for a band That would be a national treasure Yes it is You would think they would have Fully fleshed out their You know memory Banks With, with all the info <laughs> There was about SMAP
0: Oh wait uh, Japanese Wikipedia has Smapfest. Still doesn't have any pictures, but it at least has an article. So. But anyway,
1: ah well, can only really do so much about it. Yeah. I mean maybe they, I I have to imagine that if they took an album title like Taco Max <laughs> and just put them in white suits on the cover. Yeah. I have a feeling these aren't people who have very good album covers.
0: <laughs> probably not.
1: So we're probably not missing a whole whole lot <laughs> other than a bunch of really fun things to try to say. Yeah. Like song titles.
0: <laughs> they appeared on a lot of TV.
1: It seems like it's a really normal thing for the their boy bands to also be, like, TV drama people. Like, they're trying to emulate the Beatles exactly. They have to do the Hard Day's Night thing. They have to do the movie movie route, too. It's not an option. Like it has, It's compulsory. <laughs> At least it is with Johnny's. Good old Johnny's talent mm-hmm. management.
0: So, they also have a theater section, which I'm assuming means plays. That kind of theater? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. There is a play called Dragon Quest. I would watch that. Why doesn't America make plays like Dragon Quest? Dragons are expensive. I guess that's true. (laughs) (laughs)
1: They're hard to train. (laughs) Haven't you ever seen that movie, How to to Train Your Dragon? Mm. I mean, it's pretty difficult that kid loses a leg.
0: That's true. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Alright. There you have it from Face Down, Arashi Song to Smack. That's probably one of
1: our weirdest title <laughs> episodes ever.
0: Yep, that'll be confusing and interesting, hopefully. All right. So go ahead and visit us on facebook.com slash podcast. Give us a like and follow. Go to iTunes and rate and review us. And there's always a bunch of fun stuff on twc.erictoribio.com. And I'd like to thank Louis Armstrong for our theme song and Manuel Romain for our outro song. Thanks again for joining us. I was Eric. And I was John. And this was the Wikipedia Chronicles.
1: What did they They chose a There's no way.
0: Yeah. They just. They would have said. <laughs> they chose something like snappy. They were like, ah, uh, snap. It's something that uh, catches your attention.
1: Snap like snap but annoyingly more mellow <laughs> so maybe it'll get your get in your ears <laughs> it's, it's like snap without the fricative satisfaction you know mm. you gotta have that, that snap the sm-
0: yeah it just makes it a slightly harder to say smap
1: and it lessens the fun like it's yeah. like it's it's a, it's a wind down yeah. in the middle of your word. the caps lock is, it, it belies
0: the true softness of
1: the rules. <laughs> uh, and they're still going.
0: Yep, they were going strong. Oh, 2016 I breakup, though.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Breaking news from the <laughs> <crime.
0: laughs> January 13th, 2016. Eleven media month old news from Wikipedia. <laughs> media I guess, reported that Nakai and Inaga, Inagaki. Kusanagi and Uh-oh. Katori were in talks to leave Johnny and Associates Agency, inevitably leading to a disbandment of SMAP. Why? Why On January leave 18th, the agency. such a breakup was denied later by the group through a live broadcast of their weekly variety program SMAP x SMAP, issuing an apology for worrying the fans and creating chaos in the Japanese entertainment industry. What? On August 14th, to 12.50 a.m. Johnny and Associates announced through a press release that SMAP will disband on December thirty first, two thousand sixteen. Silver so close. We're like a month and a half away from Towards SMAP Japan. disbanding,
1: losing their national treasure to yeah.
0: Johnny, throwing is... the whole country into chaos.
1: I mean, what is going to fill that gap between twenty and twenty fifty four military time every Monday night? <laughs> I mean, what's going to fill the collective consciousness of Japan's soul without a band that Will I Am would feature on? <laughs> wow. That's Man. rough. It's rough. They had a rough year, Japan.
0: Yeah, they did. I'm surprised they lasted this long.
1: Mm-hmm. First the Tsunami and now, now SMAP. It's too much. It's too
0: much. Ooh, and SMAP was to be a representative and the official supporter for the Paralympic games until the 2020 Summer Olympics and Paralympics.
1: They thought they had a reliable group book. Yeah. Hey, you guys have been around for like 24 years, right? So we'll uh, <laughs> be around another four,
0: right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean...
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's awkward.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's going to be an interesting conversation.
1: No, it won't. It'll be Johnny and Associates saying, hey... Sure, okay. So maybe Smap can't show up, but you know what we've still got? We got a storm on the horizon.
0: We got yeah, yeah, Arashi. they're they're still doing things.
1: <laughs> they are. You could you could book a Rashi. They're not they don't have anything better to do. Or
0: Smap could have a comeback.
1: Oh, that'd be the best.
0: That'd be good publicity. Oh yeah, great publicity. Get him back in the public Always eye.
1: Gotta go for, there have not been enough comebacks lately. There weren't yeah. enough breakups in the first place for you to have comebacks. That's the Yeah, that's the thing.
0: <laughs> they had to engineer a breakup so they yeah, could have a comeback. It's
1: gotta be it's gotta be a certain way. <laughs> <laughs>